Welcome to the Board and DE Podcast. And now your hosts, Uncle Tuck and G-Jones. First and foremost, yo, thank you for joining us here on Board and DE. I'm Tuck. That's my man G-Dash. And we got DJ Smooth. Smooth, what's going what's on? What's up, what? y'all? Smooth, what's going on about, what, four years since we known each other, huh? Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, about, about four, four years, years, man. Yeah, and, and I Where did we meet at? Did we meet at Fridays or did we meet... Um, I, somewhere else I at Sharpshooters. No, I think we met at the the spot used to do on Mondays, the reggae spot. Um, oh, we met at the Hat. Yeah, yeah, because that was when me wow. and Erica was first starting dating, and she started taking me to her usual dives, and that's why I was like, "Yo, smooth is good," but you know, I don't really listen to uh <laughs> this type of reggae music like anymore that. and stuff like that. I said I did it in my college years. This new reggae is too much for me, so that's kind of like a little art you know little conversation between me and her but yeah we met there though and i could tell you from the first time i met you i was like yo this cat got a ball full of energy man oh man you was all over the place you had them people dancing and partying and shit and by the end of the night i was tired for you <laughs> and you were still going <laughs> i appreciate that man yeah you you um you have to get you have to be in a vibe with your audience you have to connect with them the music is just a connection tool but if you don't use that tool to connect with your audience then you waste it. you know certain songs you want to save and certain songs you want to play and play it in a certain way and that's really the secret to it everybody got the same music you know right but uh you got to go out there and entertain your crowd you got to go out there and, and have fun so you build your and, uh, with the happy end was a special place man i miss that place i really do but they're not opening it back in a while up? Uh, they've been opened it back up. Um, I just didn't go back. Mm. You know, it, it was a bit far to travel for the money. Um, and I just wanted to do something local. You know, it, it's better to travel, to be honest, for your DJ career. But at this point now, I'm reaching the, the end of my career where, not end of my career, but I don't need um, to travel to gain clients at this point. I'm have, I have a, a good amount of clients that, I can be more comfortable and selective with the gigs that I do okay. and and decide what's better for me in the long run because I'm trying to, you know, I'm entering the the, uh, the age where I want to be comfortable. I know that's right, bro. He said he established, okay? <laughs> He's established. <laughs> I want to be, yeah, I want to be comfortable, man. I, I want to do gigs that make sense and uh, that expand me, but I also want to be comfortable and enjoy what I do. And uh, the happy end was really, really fun. But I enjoy Monday nights off, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you was working hard. Like, you only had, like, maybe one or two days a week off, right? I was doing residencies before COVID on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then I was working Friday nights, most not, most Fridays, and every single Saturday. And then I was approaching maybe doing another one on Sunday. And it, it got to the point where I was like, I didn't have any evenings to entertain uh, my my uh, personal life, mm -hmm. and once you stop doing your personal life, then it becomes, well, are you really working for anything? What are you working for? Mm. <laughs> Why are you doing this to just sit at home and watch Netflix every time, or <laughs> to just go to work the next day? Like people don't realize that you have to you have to actually live this life, and when you are working time trading time for money. At some point, you have to realize that you're missing the life yeah. that you're supposed yeah. to be working for. You're on the hair, the ferret, the, uh, the, the ferret wheel. You know what I mean? And I, I realized that 
over time there was a need, but at this point in my life, I do that anymore. I'm fortunate, you know. I I I've passed surpassed the point where I have to be on that third wheel every single day. Now I was checking out your site earlier so, and everything, and this started for you in 1987, huh? 87 was when I decided, yes, this is what I'm gonna. Be, uh, this is what I'm going to do. That was the, the moment I um I went to Lincoln. I, I I got up at Lincoln's campus and I decided to DJ, uh, for as a real DJ. Like I'm I'm a DJ. This is what I want to do. Before then, I had been interested in it. Uh, I had been buying records since 1979. Okay. And I started with Rapper's Delight. Uh, you know the birth of hip hop, and I was there for the birth. You know, I feel like I'm one of those guys that watched hip hop be born and develop and become this whole genre of music that dominated the culture. I remember it at its birth. And I was buying Rappers Delight, Kit Curtis Blow, Planet Rock, Message, uh, and everything in between, uh, not realizing that I wanted to be a DJ, not realizing that I wanted to do this. And going away to summer camp in 82, seeing the, uh, in the worker tent where the worker had one of these, uh, a set of 12s, and I got to watch him DJ. Uh, and he got me on. He let me put it, put on, uh, put a little something on, and play something. Uh, having a party at at 13 years old, and the DJ that was from the block brought his stuff over to my crib, played the party, and left his stuff in my crib for two weeks. Oh, he shouldn't have done that because that was a wrap. I was 13 years old, and I had vinyl, so I was on his stuff every day, and I was hooked <laughs> right. from then. It was in my veins, you know, 82, 12 years old. So um, I know people are like, damn, you that old. Yeah, 82, bro. I was nine and Rapper's Delight came out, and that was it for me. That was a Beatles moment, you know? See, see only Jarrell. Uh, from then on, I knew it. Jarrell's the young boy on this one and everything. You know, you and I are kindred spirits and stuff. We we came up. We yeah, we're the same year, bro. We same set 1970 year. babies, you yeah, know? Yeah, baby. Yeah, because you're originally from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, yeah. New York. I grew up, uh, I was born in Boston, but uh, my mom migrated. Uh, to Brooklyn. Well, she was from Brooklyn. She snuck up there, had me, and came back down to Brooklyn. And um, I, w I grew up there until I was in college, really, you know. Uh, I was in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. That's where I hail from, Crown Heights, Albany Park, Brooklyn, uh, Kingston and Lefferts Ave. Used to go to Empire Roller Rink. Used to go to Skate Key. Um, you know, I learned in the park jams in Brooklyn. Um, you know, used to break dance and pop lock and and uh, and do all sorts of stuff. We used to take the box, uh, the, the big refrigerator box out to 42nd Street and pop lock and break dance for money back in the day. You know, I would sneak it because my mom was like, nah, you're not going to 42nd Street, but I would sneak out there anyway <laughs> and uh, and try to earn money, man. We was one of that, one of those uh, original crews. I know you remember right. Tuck doing that yeah. stuff, pop locking on the street. Yeah, but- Was you head spinning? I want to know what, what, what was your head spinning? Was you more of the crazy leg status? That's that 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 was your you 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 was with the crazy listen, legs. Listen, <laughs> I was the smart guy. I knew how to pop lock my ass off, but I could not. I was not head spinning or windmilling because I was like, I'm not trying to work that hard. I ain't gonna lie, that was hard, bro. Like you had to be in shape. You had to be like a gymnast to do that stuff. Some of that stuff. Yeah, nah, B, I was the pop lock guy. I was always the guy in the back, you know, doing all the moves. I was nice with it, though. I can't front. I was nice with the pop. She windmilling is like doing a push up while turning around. <laughs> it really. You is. think? <laughs> it's so it's a push up. I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. You know, I look. I know how to back spin. I know how to leg spin. You know, but nah, head spinning and windmilling wasn't my thing. You know, but I had the footwork though. I had the footwork. Right. 
That was the one thing that I, that, that was one thing I definitely appreciated about the Kane Curry arrest one battle. We saw B Boy and I, we, we because that type of dance show see off. Yo, you know Smooth we was at that show, element. right? <laughs> Smooth was yes, actually was. at that we show. We saw every element. Yo, that show was fire. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you how fire that show was. When, yo, listen. It was like being at home again, man. It was in Brooklyn. It was uh, KRS, you know, bringing out Buckshot, bringing out Das Effects, uh, Kane bringing out Shantae and, uh, and the Juice Crew. And it's amazing, man. It was definitely it was the, amazing. It, it was, was definitely show. a show for the late 80s. Make you really appreciate that shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it was right here in the heart, man. They can't do no better than that. For me, that's it. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire and Izzy Brothers and you had Karis One and Kane. And the other one I really loved was um, uh, Bounty Killer and, and uh, Beanie Man. Okay. That was, uh, that was crazy. Now, um, how were you able to? Uh, of course, the docs. Of course. Yeah, yeah, how were you able to break through and build a name for yourself? You know what I mean? Um, grinding. You know, I started out. Um, uh, when I started DJing, I was DJing in college on the radio station, and I literally learned how to DJ live on the air. Um, you know, mixing with these two turntables on my left side and the big gigantic board with the giant knobs in mm. front of me, and I would literally scratch with those knobs in my left hand. And go back and forth and i wasn't you know i wasn't that great of course starting out i was you know experimenting but i always had the ear be able to hear two, two, two different records at once you know and once you have that ear and you can hear two different beats at once um you can mix anything you know and so i learned how to blend and i learned how to play records and i couldn't afford doubles man i didn't buy doubles that's why i'm really a scratch dj because i couldn't afford to spend double the amount of money on one record when i could have two different records i thought that was stupid like Psychologically, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like there was just some records, like I was like, "Yeah, I don't even need that. Like I just need the extra song." Because if you ain't had that record, you didn't have the song, bro. You was at the right. party, like, "Nah, I can't play. The, the choice is yours. I don't have it." <laughs> You'd be like, "What you mean you don't have it?" Nowadays, they don't even know that. They hand you your phone, stick your phone in the face. Here, you got it. <laughs> nah, if you ain't had that vinyl, you didn't have the song, bro. If they didn't print that on vinyl, you didn't get it. People don't understand the struggle, bro. People do not understand the struggle. But the question was, how do I come up? Um, I learned on the radio station. I gathered my following through through Lincoln University mostly and big up to Lincoln, 1854. That's my school. You know, we got one of those rabid followings of alumni, you know, similar to Howard, Morgan State, where, you know, the people that go there, they go there for life, man. They come back every year. So I'm fortunate to really have that kind of crowd uh, in my network. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma. Uh, and after I got out of school, I just never stopped wanting to DJ, never stopped wanting to entertain. And I DJed at Lincoln undergraduate parties until 2041 years old. No lie. Mm. I got up there to do college parties. Um, never stopped. Still going up there to do homecoming every year. Never stopped because that hunger, uh, was there. And that built my network up to the point where, you know, I was starting to do bars when I was in my twenties. I came up under a couple of DJs that had the bars out in Upper Darby, uh, in Darby, the railway. I used to DJ at the railway, uh, which is right up the block from the Happy End, which is really mm -hmm. ironic because I went to the Happy End and wanted to DJ there. and was like, one day I'm a DJ in here. Watch. And it, it came true like 10 years later. I got in, in there, too. Um, but just doing a great job. Every gig you do is an audition for the next gig, man. Everything you do, even in life.
life was going to end up in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can apply that to anything you do in life. Any customer service job, the, the, the moment you leave that person, they've decided whether they're going to re, repatronize you as a business and, right. and rehire you. You know, so it's that's the groundwork. Me knowing that I had to make sure that each time I did a gig, it had to be good. It had. I cared about how good it was. I didn't just be like, all right, well, I'll get through this, whatever. It's a genuine enjoyment for entertainment and wanting people to have a good time. And it comes from a natural place. Now, people, I think people sense that energy. You know what I mean? Now, um, anyway, what was I trying to say here? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was good. That was good because you touched on what I was going to um, ask you about next. Like, being somebody who you started buying records in the, the mid to late seventies. And now you have DJs that will never have that experience of walking into a record store, spending hours in a record store, going through row after row after row. And, and we come from a time where the record stores had turntables with big old Sony headphones, where you could sit there for hours playing different records and everything like that. And if you was, uh, if you was a dedicated and loyal customer, they always hit you up. Be like, yo, I got that new one. You want to check it out? So you was always like, it, that was a thrill. That that was a thrill. And I'm so sad that, you know, these guys through technology won't have that, that they won't have that vibe walking out with the brown bag of records and stuff. Can't wait to get home and going behind, you know, Bro. the bodega, 7-Eleven stealing crates to put your records in the crates and stuff. They they missed all of that. That 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 made everybody good because you had to have dedication and heart to do that. Because being a DJ, you were spending your own money before you was getting paid. You At know? least two hundred dollars a month, Tuck. At, At least, least. two hundred a month every month for like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of investment. And for us, I lim- I, I liken it to. When a lady is uh, going out to buy shoes and ladies that, that know that, that are really in the shoes, you go out and it's like a high. It's like an addiction. It's like a you get a rush from buying that shoe and being like, even if you're going to wear that shoe one time with this one outfit you got, it matches. Right. And you're like, yo, this shoe is fly. You don't care. Who knows? You want everybody to look at this shoe and say, yo, she got it together. Mm-hmm. Same thing with vinyl. You get to the party. You gotta have the joint that just came out. You gotta have it. Like I remember buying a whole album because they wouldn't release I Wanna Sex You Up as a single. I had to buy the New Jack City soundtrack. Nowadays, I'm like, thank God I bought the New Jack City soundtrack. It's a classic. But I just wanted that song. The rest of the soundtrack was trash. I didn't care about that other stuff. I wanted that (laughs) song. It came out that week and was a smash hit. You couldn't get it unless you spent $13.99, period. I would go into the record store and spend hours. My wife would be mad at me, like, oh, he going to the record store. Never mind. I could not leave Brooklyn without going downtown to the record store. And it was in the basement. It, it was it was just, it's just, I can, you talk, you, you hit it on the head, bro. You can't describe that rush, that feeling of addiction that you have. Getting these joints. And as soon as you pick the vinyl up, you hear the song in your head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You look at the title and hear the song in your head. Oh man, I can't wait to be in this situation hearing this song, and, and I'm gonna play it. And being at that party and be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna drop it." I think now's the time to drop it, and everything. And I think that made DJs prior to MP3s. 
that that made your skill set because you had to understand your crowd, you had to understand your music because we couldn't carry every song with us. When you got hired for a party, you had to put your crates together because you know I, you wasn't carrying your whole arsenal out to the party because half of us had like MPV minivans and stuff like that. We ain't had that space, and we still had to have space for amp speakers and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm not well, saying that's I, another difference, though, Tuck. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, go, yeah. G. Go ahead, G. No, right. Well, I was just going to say that that even like the difference to me, or or even what you're saying when I look at it, is back then you had to mix, you had to scratch or blend. Like you had to have skill sets in DJing, right? Now, depending on what you're doing, you could, you know, you got celebrity DJs get playing the graduated playlist. You feel me? Like pre-made joints at that. Let alone, you know, like some DJs now, like you just, it's, it's, it, can, it can water down the culture, if you will. But to your point, you did have to have a little bit more dedication and really want to have the know-how to be able to do anything. Then now, uh, you know, but like you Smooth said, <laughs> like Smooth said, you had to, it was an investment. You couldn't just, buying records was just, uh, that, that was maintenance. You had to buy records to be a DJ, but. I mean, we talking like amps, speakers. We didn't have speakers that you can plug into our mixer. It had to go into an amp. And that amp had fuses. You had to make sure you had extra fuses. Like, I don't know any DJ prior to, you know, 1998 that didn't love Radio Shack. Because <laughs> Radio Shack had, had your cables. It had your plugs. It had your, your, uh, your fuses. It had your needles in some cases and everything like that. Like... There was no internet. There was no Amazon. You couldn't get stuff in two or three days. You <laughs> no. had to hope Radio Shack stocked it, period. Mm. If they didn't stock it, you was just, oh, well, you ain't have it. Unless you ran the Sam Goody or <laughs> one of the other ones, you know, Crazy, yep. crazy Eddie or something like yep. that. Yeah, you know. Oh, wow. Crazy Eddie. That's a voice from the past. Crazy Eddie. <laughs> wow. I told you, we already made ourselves. I think that's a New York store, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, was, I, um, I was from Delaware, but I, I used to, you know, pound, the, you know, pound the pavement, go up to New York. Now, I never, I never did a party in New York per se, but early on when I was doing my little battle and thing, you know, I was definitely up there back and forth and everything, and it definitely, you know, I, I wasn't actually in the place where the culture was born, but once it caught my ear, I was, I was definitely a part of it. It, it um, it's very. I'm very gratified to be from New York City during that era. I'm very proud to be a part of the culture, even though I wasn't famous or I wasn't uh, one of the ones that people remember in history. I made a lot of history for common people that um, you know aren't necessarily celebrities. I, I feel like I was a part of a lot of people's lives coming up, especially from '87 on when I really took it seriously. You know, before then I was just more or less. You know, this is what I want to do, but I'm just trying to get out of high school and, you know, you know, find a girl that I can get with. I wasn't serious enough to to be like, I'm going to be one of the icons of this culture. Um, I didn't want to be famous, to be honest. I thought about it in the early 90s and late 90s and had the opportunity as, you know, a member of a rap group to decide whether or not I wanted to go on tour, be a tour DJ with some rap group. I've had offers, you know, for people. Trey Lee, you know, uh, was interested in me uh, back in the day, among other people. But I realized that I had a family early on, and I didn't want to be a famous. 
Oh, it looks like we lost audio, Smooth. Yeah. Sorry about that. A phone call just came through. Apologies. Um, I just didn't want to be famous, so I I decided that I was just going to be, you know, playing for people to, that appreciated the music I did, and and loved the music I love, and um, you know, just coming up in that culture is is amazing, man. New York City is a great place to live, but uh, a very stupid place to raise a family. <laughs> I feel wait, wait, you wait. On that. You said you I'll, I'll say that. Rap group. I want to know who, who, who's the yeah. rap group. What's, what was the rap group? What was what was the squad? Uh, the rap group's name was uh, Mad Agents, uh, and it's me, my brother-in-law uh, Clarence Tillman, aka Pete, and my brother Damon Morgan, aka NY. Um, we uh we were together from like '96, I want to say, to like 2000. Um, we did did a, a a rap ensemble album with a group out of DC. The group's name was Wicked City. And it was a whole conglomerate of different rap groups and, and solo acts. And we all got together every maybe two or three weeks for a, a year or so, or six months or so, and went into the studio and did some music. And, you know, I caught the bug and I started spitting a little bit. I have some raps that I, I put together. I probably have like maybe a book of joints that I, you know, over the years, you absorb that, you know. And, um, you know, I was rapping a little bit. We put together a couple songs. A little EP, a little demo, but again, I hit that crossroad where I was like, like do "I want to pursue this. Do I want to be from home, away from home? Do I want to?" You know, my kids were, you know, young, like ten, five, three, <clears throat> and so just decide it's not worth it to be away from your family for that long. Mm -hmm. And you know, I wasn't hurting for money. I was in IT. You know, me and Tuck, we got that in common. I was in IT for twenty years. You know, I had two jobs. 25 years i was working a day job managing data centers and help desks and stuff and uh and trying to be a dj and a rapper so at, at some point it's like well yo bro you got to pay the mortgage <laughs> right. Right. it's fun you know but at some point you either going to be picked up by you know dr dre or you're going to be uh owing somebody a, uh some money because you took their uh, um check or whatever you call it you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. You know, that, that first check they give you to say, you're signed here. Here's a loan. Go ahead and pay all your studio time off on it and pay for your video. And then you owe us at the end of the day. Your advance, the, the, the advance check that they get you and break you for after. Yeah. Yeah. They show you more money than you ever made in your lifetime. And you go, I'll take it. I'm rich. And then you go and now you owe a bank loan or something that you owe a loan. Hmm. You owe a mortgage without the house. <laughs> right. And at that point, I was like, I'm not going to be dumb. Like, I'm I'm 30 years old at this point. I'm 29, 30 years old talking about I'm going to be a rapper. Nah. It's fun, but nah. You, you're not going to be a rapper, bro. <laughs> so so if, if, let me get this straight. So you did. So you are a DJ. You did. You were a part of a rap group. And you was a rapper. You, you was a break dancer as well. Uh, graffiti. You about to have all elements of hip hop. That's the only thing I can't. That's, so like, that's the only thing I can't do. I cannot draw. I can't write. I don't have no graffiti skills at all, man. <laughs> oh, that's the only element of hip hop you don't have right now. Okay. Yup, <laughs> and it's funny because when I used to rap, I used to call myself the total package, but I I kind of cheated because graffiti is not <laughs> part of it. Although I do write my my logo is in my graffiti. I write it in my my name in my graffiti. Oh, uh, my personal logo is a kind of yeah, you know. I try to represent all elements, man, because 
hip hop is a big part of my life, man. You know, I love all music. Don't get it twisted. And I love, you know, all music is great. Every, every music has its greatness and it's horrible. Every music. But hip hop is a part of me. Like that's my music. That's my rock and roll. That's our right. era's rock and roll. That's what we right. did to this, to the to the to the world. We we contributed that as a youth culture in my generation. Mm -hmm. So it means a lot to me. Like that's it. Even if it's just you know Soldier Boy saying he's the first to be on the internet. You know even the, even that sucky moment works for me. <laughs> that's hip hop right there. Being that 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 brash and bold is hip hop. <laughs> it is. It really is. That. But yo, let me ask you: with with the change of technology, were you real quick to embrace it when it was changing? Like you know, when when people started using the CDJs and then you know, we hell had... no, <laughs> I hated it. Oh, it was it was like uh, grinding nails on a chalkboard, bro. Get me to move from record to CD was so freaking hard. I messed up a few parties in like 2004, 2005, where I was trying to do both. I had the vinyl crates on the side just in case I was uncomfortable with my CD player. I had a CDN 88, a uh, Newmark CDN 88, mm -hmm. and it had the jog wheels. It didn't, you couldn't scratch. You could scratch. It was one of the first ones you could scratch with, but the jog wheel was like vertical. So you had to kind of scratch like this. And it was um it was hard, man. It was like looking at when you look at records, you hear the song. Mm -hmm. When you look at a CD book, I had to train my mind to also hear the song. Just mm -hmm. from the title. But when you at the element where you burn in CDs, like we were stealing music at this point. It was like the floodgate was open and wait, I don't have to buy that. I could go get it off of Napster or Bearshare or LimeWire and burn it and have a whole collection of music in one little book, mm -hmm. like this size. And I had like three of those books and I was still carrying around like three crates of vinyl. Like I was scared of something. Like I wasn't going to have something. Um, yeah, it was a hard transition. And I credit KG with moving me from CD to, to laptop. My man, DJ KG, uh, who's a part of my company, True Group Productions. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my man. He's the karaoke king. You know, uh, everybody knows him in the area. Uh, big shout out to him. He really pushed me hard. He was a pioneer. He's, he's one of those DJs that's not afraid to try something new. He'll do something different just to see if it works. He's really meticulous and he wants to make sure that everything is right. And uh, he's a Virgo. You know how Virgos are. Yeah. So, uh, but he was on to the, the laptop before I was. And he was telling me for two years, um, this was like in 08. He was like, yo, I'm telling you, smooth, go to the laptop. It's easy. Ah, la, la. And he was doing it for about six months to nine months, maybe. Telling you smooth, when you go to this laptop, it's gonna be a game game changer. Da, 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 da. Oh my god, I got my CDJs. Uh my CDJs was on, and I finally went to the laptop in 09. And uh, and it was difficult, but it was a lot easier going from CD to laptop than it was going from vinyl to CD. Okay. And um, it was just once I got used to it, um, you know, it was a wrap, bro. It's it's um it's crazy. Crazy that I lived through this era where music is now devalued to the point where I was going out and buying $200 worth of records every two weeks or, or every month. And now I get that much vinyl or that much music in a download on a Monday. Right. In my house. Right. <laughs> and, and was really, was really interesting. 
is that having KG bring you over to a laptop, how long was it before you started messing with the video mixes? Cause I, cause I have to admit KG was probably one of the first DJs I saw actually do the video mix. Like do video, like he was mixing with videos. Like I say, Oh, I saw that video. And then he's mixing and blending videos. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that was probably about, he was the first 2010. That was about 20, maybe two, 2009 or 2000, um, 2010. Cause I didn't even know KG at that point. I just happened to go to a, a party. He was, he was DJing. Cause I was dating some girl. I ain't gonna say her name. Cause Erica may not like her, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I saw KG it was like, wow, I said, that shit's crazy. <laughs> Yes, yeah, smooth. If you don't, if you don't know, I'll be fucking with Erica a lot on both my shows and stuff like that. You know, that's 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 my baby. But I, I'll be fucking, I'll be fucking with her a lot. And G Dash just sits there. And be well, that's like, all right. You know. But but yeah, that's man. Right. you like the doghouse. You live in the doghouse, bro. You a, you a doghouse kind of brother, huh? <laughs> I sit quietly because he'll get me in trouble and he'll sit here behind me. So if I laugh too hard, she slip my throat and won't nobody notice. He he, he set me up before. I, I gotta watch what I say. He he put me in a right in the line of fire and then he talked slick. Like who am I supposed to agree with? Now she got nigga, she right. <laughs> Whatever she says, she right. That's right. She always right. Don't forget it, G. <laughs> but anyway, what was the question? Yo, uh, oh, the video mixing. Yeah. How long did it take for me to video mix? Mm -hmm. Um, KG, when he pushed me over to the laptop, started touting the karaoke thing, and he started pushing me to do karaoke. And I really took my first karaoke gig in '09. Uh, I was in a bar in Upper Darby. Um, I forgot the name of it, honestly. Uh, but it's on Upper Upper Darby on Long Lane. It's a real small bar, and I was doing the karaoke there. Um, because he really set it up. He was like, "Yo, you need to do this, and it's not that hard. I'll give you the music." He gave me the karaoke. And KG was smart because he wanted somebody to be his backup. Like he was like, yo, I can't do these gigs all by myself every night. I need somebody that as a backup. I need somebody else that does karaoke. Mm -hmm. And me and KG had met back in like oh three, I want to say oh two, oh three, oh four, in that era. Um, I was doing homecoming parties for Lincoln and I was at his club, Club Two Thousand over in Claymont, uh in um in Wilmington, down by mm -hmm. uh, by Riverside. Um and I did a party up in there and I rocked it out. And he was the opening DJ. He was the house DJ. So he opened and he played a lot of the joints that I wanted to play. And I was kind of mad at him for it. And he rocked out. Like he was doing all of the special ed stuff that I was going to rock out with. And so I ended up starting with a house set and I rocked out with my stuff. And KG was like, oh, okay, this kid is all right. He all right. Even though he's the same age as me. Um, but he really pushed the karaoke thing and I tried it and I liked it. I hated the karaoke part. But I like the fact that people was it brought people to the table. It brought people mm -hmm. together, and I would just try to do as much as little karaoke as possible, just to get fixing again and, and start rocking out. Because all I wanted to do was party at, at at that age. I'm I'm in my thirties. I'm like, yeah, let's rock. Um, but after a while, I started playing videos in between the karaoke, and it really worked out. And from then on, I kind of never looked back, man. He he um he really was instrumental in that, and I thank him. Because if, without him, I probably wouldn't have been able to turn pro as far as being a DJ full time and having all of these, um, you know, having these residencies because karaoke is, is a weekly is a king, you know, mm -hmm. that works out really well, you know. So um, I thank him for that. I appreciate him for that. We'll always be brothers, you know, always got his back. To hear you say that you wasn't a fan of karaoke is that's going to definitely be the part of this podcast. I'm going to play back to, to Erica and be like, yo, did you know this? And just play that back. 
She knows. She knows, Tuck. She know when she first started coming, and I've known Erica for ten years. When she first started coming to Sharpshooters, which I've been there for ten years now, she like she would want to do karaoke, and it would be annoying, and it would be a tug of war because she always wanted to sing these these songs that were sad and drawn and <laughs> and and you know like pills and potions. She knows I hate that song. She wanted to sing that song every time. And I'm like, yo, that song is depressing, yo. I can't get past that. Like, and play the wobble next. What, what, is, what is you doing here? But she know we used to have a tug of war with that karaoke. And I would play it just long enough. And then I would get to the party stuff. And once I got started in the party, it was hard for me to go to that karaoke. I used to talk to KG about this all the time. She know. She knows. I was really into what, you know, what I wanted to express. I was into the music for for my benefit and for the benefit of all those who really was were into partying and wanted to have a good time dancing. You know, that was my focus. And now I've, I've learned to have a much more balanced focus and it served me really well as I've gotten older because, you know, people need both. Yeah. So do you contribute, you know, the, the, the information you got from KG as far as coming over to the laptop and doing karaoke? Do you credit that while you're still in the game at this point? No, um, yeah, I would say that's why I was able to stop working full time at my job because mm -hmm. I've been able to get these residencies and the karaoke is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I would have still been DJing. The, okay. the love is there. Like I would have just been doing something else. I might not have been doing karaoke. I would have been doing, you know, these these maybe I would have been doing the young parties and, and instead of Big Ant or Tide of Future. You know what I'm saying? Like. I might have stayed in that lane, um, but I, I I think that it was instrumental in me being able to do this during the week for so long. Now you know the because good. The the one thing that I love about True Blue is that you guys cover every avenue. Like you know, a lot of people say True Blue and they immediately think of you, but these cats cannot discount KG and they definitely cannot discount Jay Jetson. Jay Jetson's he's he he's the quiet beast that nobody's heard of. Like, you know, everybody got their little hey, popular I'm... DJs, but he's the quiet beast. And if you get to a Jay Jetson party, like he may not play the same stuff that you would like. Like if I was to have a party, I'm looking at you because we can relate on stuff like that. But that's not the discount that your boy who happens to be, you know, part of your team and your son can't do the same thing. Cause I didn't stepped into a mini spot where he filled in for you. And I'm like, okay, it's the, his, his knowledge goes deep. It goes very deep. Well, I appreciate that. It's the most prideful moments of my life is being able to work with my son. And I call him my boss mm -hmm. because when he, it's funny when he calls in the morning, I'll be like, right, oh, here, go to boss. What do you want me to do? Because <laughs> um, he's, he's credited with bringing my business to the 21st century. You know, he really is instrumental in, you know, getting my, my, my online presence better, uh, getting the business's website better. Uh, he's, he's really increased our business a hundredfold. He's, he's gotten us a really big foothold in the wedding market, which is where we want to be. Um, you know, I love DJing at bars, but everybody knows that you're going to make more money on private gigs and weddings than anything else. It has to right. be a thread in your business, a big thread in your business, you know, along the other threads, along the other lines of business, you know, so. Jason, I'm really, really proud of him. You know, I wouldn't let him touch my stuff when he was younger because, you know, he was, he, you know, he was very excitable and he would break it. Um, <laughs> but he absorbed 
deserved it. You know, when he was younger, he was into like Lincoln Park and all that stuff. When he was a, like a teenager, he was into all of that alt rock hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I didn't panic. I was like, I, I started to get upset. And I was like, nah, let him get through his period where he want to be. And he liked the music that he liked, but he absorbed all of that old stuff that I was playing and he had access to all of that music. So for him to be where he is, I'm just, you know, real proud. And, and the fact that technology has made it so much easier for he, him to pick up the skills. You know, we, I brought, my wife brought me turntables for my birthday a couple of years ago and I set them up. I didn't have a great mixer, but I set them up and started playing on them. And I didn't realize harder it is to DJ on turntables. Like mm-hmm. you have four play another song, period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Or you're going to like, there's going to be somebody looking up at like, what's going on? You change your mind more than once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you gonna miss it right you know so him not having to deal with that and being able to step right into technology that was controller based that was virtual dj that was you know he could pick up hearing two different mute songs at once over time he didn't have mm-hmm. to learn that to dj the sync button helped him from that so once you got the sync button now you got to learn how to fix it over time he's learned how to hear two different things at once but that wasn't a prerequisite for him to get into the game. Mm-hmm. But the things that he's brought to the table, his business mind is so much better than mine. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he, he really thinks uh, a lot like his mom. And and I'm I'm just blessed to have him as a part of the team, and I'm real proud of. Him. That's what's up, man. Cause like I said, that that, that boy's bad. I mean, I love when he throws his little mashups out there on Instagram. Cause he gives you just enough to have you nodding your head. But then he cuts it off and be like, yeah, you know, I'm about to go see this cat live so I can hear that, you know, hear, hear, hear something like that and stuff, you know, so that, that that's what's up. But um, out of all the years that you've been DJing, do you have any uh, particular parties that, you know, I, 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 that was the best party I ever did? Like everything fell in the sink. And when, when you think about the parties you've done, that one comes to mind. Is there any particular one? Was it? Early in your career, middle, uh, there's a few mm-hmm. that I could say I've done a, the wedding I did for Hugh Douglas. Uh, it was a wedding where it was a band and they warmed up the crowd in the cocktail hour. And I was like, they're playing all the joints and it just inspired me. And then I just hit them with everything I had, like the kitchen mm-hmm. sink. And, um, <laughs> you know, to this day, I think that's one of my best weddings ever. I mean, it, it's. A combination of things. It's not just the DJ. It's the song selection, the timing of the song, and it's the crowd. People don't realize that you can have a wedding full of a bunch of people who are just boring. There are people that are literally just boring. They don't have personalities that are outgoing enough to make a party a social event. Then you can have parties where you have just the right mix of outgoing, energetic people and reclusive people that bring the people out, and then everything flowers from there. It's a it's a real delicate balance. Um, that wedding was great. Uh, homecoming uh, that I did with my partner Rob. Uh, I did uh, you know homecoming one year at Lincoln. Um, it was just amazing. I've done a punk rock party at Lincoln where it was just amazing. Uh, some of the best parties I've done at Lincoln have been the Friday before the big party. Like I'll have the whole weekend to DJ, mm-hmm. and the Friday night before homecoming is just the students. And the energy level in there is amazing where the walls are sweating. And I've experienced wow. that. I, I, I get to experience that almost every year for 20 years, man. Mm. I remember when Dump, when Dump came out. Y'all remember the summer Dump came The year Dump came out? 
<laughs> that year, I did a Lincoln party. It was a glow in the dark party, and the uh, they had a barricade in front of me, and all of the girls hopped over the barricade facing me with their hands on the barricade, and I played dunk, and it was like twelve girls in front of me, <laughs> laid out like like they were just trying to. I don't know, man. I can't even describe it. And yeah, that's why Soldier Boy talks his trash now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because because um, his song enabled that to happen, huh? Right, right. <laughs> Listen, hip hop is hip hop, bro. I don't judge anybody. You know, if it's great, it's great. When, when people forget, man, when when Hammer first came out, we hated Hammer. Um, we hated um Run DMC after their second album. We hated them. After the third album, we had after Raising Hell, we was done with Run DMC. We hated them. Mm -hmm. People forget things like that. Like hip hop changes and it's fickle. Right. You know what I'm saying? When Lil Wayne put out 37 mixtapes in two months, we were sick of Lil Wayne. They were all great, but mm -hmm. we were tired of that nigga. Oh, excuse my language. We were tired of him. I don't know oh, if nah, nah, on your podcast. No, nah, nah, your language fine, bro. Your language fine. Yo, so um, you know, it's just a great parties, man. Oh my god. Let's move. Have you it's ever a, had? You, you ever have an it's instance? A, it's a where, rush. Yeah, I'm sorry, right. man. You ever have an instance where somebody came and wanted you to play their record, like they were a rapper, upcoming or whatever? They wanted you to play their stuff. Are you kidding? I get that every week, my dude. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that shit has not stopped to this day. Listen, I DJ at a place called Ridge Capital Bar and Grill. This place is frequented by people who make a lot of money. Black people who make a lot of money, and I'll just leave that in quotes. Wait, let me get it right. Black people who make a lot of money, mm -hmm. women and men. Mm -hmm. So you know what field they're in. So moving on from that, <laughs> you know, type of place where they throw money at women. For, mm -hmm. And it's not a strip club. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's move on. Okay. There's a rapper that comes in there every week. They know him. He's almost like a part of the bar. He comes in and buys two bottles every week. Bottles in a bar. Like they set sparklers to the bottle and walk out from the bar to the area where the people are and stand and twerk for him every week. $300 every week. Okay, so this is the rapper. Fully, fully jeweled out everything. So often that I have his songs already in his folder, in his, in my stuff, ready to go. Every week he comes with a new song. He got to email me the new song. He does a song. He wants to do two songs. Then he wants to do three. Then the owner comes up to me and says, uh-uh, no more for him. He tried to take over tonight, but now we have an agreement. But I can't complain because my man is putting money in my hand. Okay. You, get, you put money in my hand, we're going to hear your song. <laughs> as long as it's not a wedding or a place where I can't play curses, but we're in a bar. You put some dollars in my hand, you can get your song played, bro. That's how you break your song. You got to pay for it. It don't like, come free. Nigga, break that off. I'll play your shit right now. Got you. And if it's good, the people will want to hear it again. They'll be used to it. They'll ask for your song. But you got to do that first. You got to invest in yourself. These rappers want something for free. You can't get something for free. It's not free. They're paying me to be there. They're not paying me to play your stuff. They didn't come to see your concert. Mm -hmm. So if you want your concert, you got to pay for that. Why is that even a question in, in 2021? <laughs> like, and if your stuff is garbage or whack, 
you're going to look at the audience and they're going to tell you whether it's not feel they're not feeling it they're going to look away they're going to be on their phones they're going to ignore you um then they're going to look at me with scrunchy face if i play it again and it's going to be obvious and it'll be that one chick that be like turn that bullshit off it's it's always Man, one. listen <laughs> i got i got somebody at a bar in delaware over in south wilmington i'm not going to say the bar name but he comes in and wants to hear his nephew every week or every time he comes in he want to hear this his nephew and his nephew is cool you know but he plays you know he sings a lot of death music you know it's all about shooting people and i got the most money and i shoot you and i shoot you and i shoot you mm -hmm. and that's cool you know but if i'm in there at seven o'clock in the evening and it's a whole bunch of old heads in there they don't want to hear that nah you can't hold them hostage but if you put some money in my hand, I'm going to look at them with the international money symbol mm -hmm. and they're going to go, oh, OK, DJ, make your money and move on with their lives. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, rappers are still trying to get put on. <laughs> but the good news is I'm not DJing at places where it's a lot of young people. I'm still mm -hmm. I'm doing more old head bars and my crowd is a little older, so I don't get a lot of young rappers in my path most of the time. Now, now let me let me ask you this, man, and, and I hope I ain't going too far on the left on you, but now nah, you cool. You got groupies, man. Do I have groupies? Or, or, or have um, you had groupies? I've had groupies. Yeah, absolutely. I don't call them groupies. Okay. You know, because I'm not famous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I will call people. You know, I I have fans of of the work I do. Fans of my work. I'll say it like that. I, I try to be very diplomatic okay. do i have females that are attracted to me because i'm a dj yes absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely it's absolutely a wonderful job i'm not gonna <laughs> lie do i take advantage of that no i've learned my lesson over time that you know that situation is not always the best situation for my marriage and i behave myself <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm definitely gonna flirt i'm a flirt everybody knows i'm a flirt um everybody knows not to take me too seriously everybody knows my situation at home mm -hmm. you know i don't try to take it too far but i have a good time because life is short okay. and you got to have a good time and what i do is give people a good time so if i'm having a good time they're gonna have yeah because i i asked that because it's, it's it's crazy especially with social media when you find like i guess you're right groupies not the, the word to, to use and everything people that admire your work because I know I've had my share of people that, you know, they know everything about me. Well, what I put on social media because they're such big fans of, you know, my personality, the stuff I do and things of that sort. So I'm like, I know if I got a couple people knocking on doors or sending unsolicited texts and stuff like that, I know a DJ got to get that shit. I know it. Well, here's how I deal with that, Tuck. And I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you the truth. I'm in a unique situation because my wife and I have a very long-standing relationship. We've been in, in this relationship for 31 years. Okay, um, congratulations, you know, make up on that. Appreciate that, appreciate that. 31 years, married for 26. My wife is very understanding. We're at the point where I can share that with her. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if you send me a text or a DM, rest assured I've told her about it. <laughs> I tell her. Right away, I tell her, "Yo, this was happening." The homegirl want to holler at me. She she think I'm cute, and we'll talk about it. My wife is not insecure. She's not uncomfortable. Um, she knows that 
women are going to like me and women are going to find me attractive uh, because of the job that I do and the p- places that I'm at and the situations I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm DJing for people who are inebriated most of the time. <laughs> you know, when you're drunk, you, when you're not drunk, but even just tipsy, just having a drink loosens your inhibitions. So I know that ultimately I have them at a disadvantage just because of that. And I don't, I don't, I try not to take too much advantage of it without mm-hmm. making sure that every person that's there feels like I'm paying attention to. Oh, oh, a smooth attention, man. smooth man. Oh, Women smooth. want attention. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what you. You and I have had sidebar conversations like this, so you know what you 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 right you right because you you are a very insightful brother when it comes to negating those waters. I I, I give you that. I give you that. You know you you definitely know your shit. The easiest way to do it, yo, is to tell her to share it, to not yeah. hide it. Don't act like nervous. Like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? There's a text in my DMs. Yo, babe, check this out. <laughs> is she jealous or she is insecure? You're gonna find out right away. One and two, you're gonna have to deal with that right away. So it allows you insight on dealing with that. Babe, let me reassure you. Let me give you this so I, so you know you can trust me, first of all, so that knocks you off balance with regard to that insecurity. Mm-hmm. And second of all, let me let you know that this is not a big deal from ha ha ha. Move right. on. You might get lucky. You might 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 say, Oh, she's cute. I don't know. Depending on your Damn relationship. Smooth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is, even if she don't have that type of feeling, talk, even if man. she feels insecure, <laughs> even if she feels possessive, even if she does, you giving her the information disarms all alarms. Period. She cannot beef with you. Even if the person, even if she wants to go approach the girl, you got to tell her, yo, I gave you this information because we're best friends. Can you keep it as, as something between us? She'll feel better that you have her in the foxhole with you. And you're not feeling like you're jumping in. She's not feeling like you're jumping in the foxhole with somebody else. Because the real thing is the trust. That's what she values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The commitment and the trust. So if you give her the information, it's, it, it takes all of the helium out of the balloon. Wow. It's and then if she looks scary. at the girl funny, that's her insecurity. You got to point that out. Yo, you don't have to fear that. Why are you worried about that? She don't have no commitment to you. Word. Word. Knowledge, knowledge from smooth boy. I'm telling you, and, and yeah, that can that can the be. The problem applied. is you try to hide it. You want to hold that information for power and keep it to yourself and put it in your phone and save it and not tell nobody for a week or two. Then the week two goes by and she discovers it on her own. Then you looking like Boo Boo the fool, even if it wasn't nothing. Because you didn't say nothing. And if it you wasn't nothing, it why there? won't you just tell her? If you if you really want to go ahead and cheat. Keep it out of your phone. <laughs> Period. Delete Five it from, from your phone. Delete <laughs> the phone call, the text message, the trash, the DM, whatever form of communication was transcribed to you via your cell phone, get rid of it. Eliminate the trash, eliminate everything as soon as it happened. <laughs> when you get off the phone call, delete the call. Dummy? Call keep the peace. (laughs) (laughs) Simple. Delete your location history. Delete it. It is a machine. Delete it from the machine. Learn how to be a responsible relationship person. Dummy. (laughs) Keep your 
Or don't hide it. Tell her everything. Get it over with. Rip it off like a band-aid. Move on with your life. Right. Life is too short to worry about stuff like that. You're wasting your time, bro. Facts, man. Facts on that, bro. And at the end of the day, jerk off and move on. You don't have to fuck her. Jerk off. You will feel better after you jerk off. You won't be so quick to buy dinner, my nigga. You won't be so quick to buy dinner. Dinner. <laughs> you got finished. So you decide to buy that you want to keep your money in your pocket that night. You will decide all of a sudden that your money is safer in your pocket, and you can get pizza from down the street and save yourself forty dollars. You sound like you, G. I mean, he's making sense. Okay, you, you do have to. He gave gems on both sides of the coin, right? What he said was, "Hey." Don't do it, right? You shouldn't do it. But if you're going to do it, don't be dumb. Matter of fact, how about you do some smart shit with yourself, okay? Right? Educate yourself with your left hand or your right hand. Whichever hand helps you be smarter about your decisions, okay? But you got two hands. Use them. <laughs> that, take, that takes the pressure off the decision. When you don't have the impending, I need to bust a nut tonight, you will now make intelligent decisions based on your situation. Do I really feel like I need the company? Do I want to hear her, listen to her talk about her fucking day all night? Do I feel like the chance that I might not even get laid after spending all this money? All of those things are going to be thought about, especially if you're single. Yeah. You might decide it might be cheaper to just watch a movie and go to bed. <laughs> Less of a headache. Less of a headache. Yo. Yeah. Real talk. <sighs> Damn smooth. This was great oh, though, was man. Great, I'm, man. I'm I'm glad you got a chance to come on here and vibe out with us and everything. Definitely gonna work. Yo, we on gotta it. do this again, man. I got mad knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely gotta do it again and stuff. But you know what? I think the next time we do it, we're gonna bring you over to Uncle Tuck. Cause that's when we can go raw and wild. And we're actually working on getting that one to uh we'll go live with that one so we get some crowd participation and everything with that and stuff. Hey man, we could do it next week, bro. Let me know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And at but... some point, at some point, I gotta talk hip hop with you because you know I know my. Listen, you know how we get. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a minute. Listen, we can go through the course of history and talk about how things shaped hip hop and how it didn't, and East versus versus West Coast battle, and when Kane and Shan and and Marley Marl and them was going at it, and we could talk mm -hmm. about all of that stuff, man. We could go into recent history with. You know, all of it. Man, listen, I love talking hip hop with you, bro. I ain't gonna lie. You know what you're talking about. I appreciate yeah. that. Right. We, 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 listen, I'm not surface level. I do, I do the research. I might be young, but I do the research. <laughs> that you do. Yes, that you, you do. do. But Smooth, before we roll out, man, tell people how they can find you, man. I mean, I got the, I got the ticket uh, here. You can but... reach me. You can reach me. My website is www.trueblueproductions.com. That's T-R-U-B-L-U-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S.com. I'm also on Instagram. We got True Blue Productions 2 is our Instagram. Same spelling. Uh, I'm on Instagram at DJSmooth00. That's D-J-S-M-O-O-V-E-0-0. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Jason DJ Smooth Felton um and i think that's about it twitter dj smooth zero zero same thing okay um and i'm on tiktok although i haven't made too many tiktok videos uh i am on tiktok because that is the way the music is processed these days 
you know, you got to find out what the latest TikTok song is to find out what the latest jam is going to be. That's the song that comes out on TikTok first, believe it or not. So, yeah, I'm on TikTok. That's how you keep your ear to the street. Um, you know, hit me up. I'm at Casbar each and every Tuesday night from 7 to 11 o'clock on Tuesday at Southbridge Casbar, Darnell's Casbar. Uh, on Wednesday, I'm at the House of Laughs each and every Wednesday night from 7 to 11 p.m. For karaoke. Both of those are karaoke. And I'm at uh, the Paradigm Sports Bar on 13, 3800 North DuPont Highway on Thursdays from 8 to, mid 8 to 1. You know, that's my longest uh, uh, residency. I've been there for 10 years. Last month was my 10th year at, uh, at what used to be Sharpshooters, and now it's Paradigm. Um, and other than that, you know, I used to be at the Happy Inn. I used to be at TGI Fridays on City Avenue on Wednesdays. That was a, a whole thing, but COVID knocked that down. So right now I'm just doing those three residencies and doing private parties and events. Uh, I work with the Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority. I work with a whole bunch of different businesses and uh, private parties. I do a whole bunch of weddings. I'm around, you know, hit me up, 484-354-6926. My number's public, you know, if you, need, uh, if you need that work. We got a host of DJs. We got old school. We got new school. We got young. We got old. I also do all the parties for Chester Community Charter School, among other clients. Um, I love those kids. You know, I've been doing Chester stuff for about four or five years now. You know, to the point where people were like on the street, like, ain't you the DJ? So, yeah, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. You know, it's, it's my life's work. Um, I feel like I'm responsible for making people have a good time and making sure that they can get through their day and get to the next day and, and go back to work and, uh, and put the armor on so that they can stand up to the, to the day every day. So that's where I'm at with it, man. You know, I'm not really uh, a fiend for music's got to be just right this got to be this guy i'm not that type of person i'm the type of dj that is is the the one that's gonna make people have a good time whatever that takes so you know i may not be scratching like some djs in delaware like mm -hmm. you know jazzy jeff you know i might not might not be that i might might, might not be the most technologically advanced like my man kg you know with all of the special bells and whistles he brings to the table but i'm the most energetic i'm the one that's gonna have the party rocking because of my you know, passion and my ability to move a crowd. And I really, I feel like that's my mark in this world. And you definitely hit the mark though, bro. But Jarrell, you got anything you want to say, man? You're going to bless us with a poem on the way out like you usually do? Oh, absolutely. You know, okay. you know, I got to do that. Okay. Move so had me on that house of lab stage. Listen, so listen. <laughs> I Yo, I was proud of you, bro. You did your thing, bro. I appreciate it. You got to come back. You, you got to give me a word. I got to give you a word? Yeah, you give me a word, I give you a poem. Hip-hop? Hip-hop. All right. Uh, it's your boy G-Dash, Gordon D.E., Season 3, DJ Smooth. Big Tuck in the building, you know. Listen, he's killing it. Day by Day, Volume 1. Book is available everywhere. You know, got to put that out. And it's digital, so go ahead and copy yourself one. All right, now. Um... The word he gave me was hip hop. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hip hop raised me. See, I was born in 84. I'm thinking hip hop made me because I could take you anywhere from, well, we could end up at Kendrick. We could take it back to the score. I could rewind back to Run DMC or I could take you back furthermore. See, most people, when time passed, they forget about Grandmaster Cash and I hate how we age out. I don't mm. feel like there's a reason for 
us to say, mm, oh, they dead now. Oh, that's old now. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Because when it's timeless, it don't age out. See, excuse me if my heart pumps and uh, you don't stop. Okay, That's just how it beats by, by the beats every day. That's how it is. Excuse me. It's not my fault. I was raised like this. Okay. Let me speak directly to you. Right. I could keep it real smooth and tell you that no matter what you do, even if it's only written in your own graffiti, as long as it spells out to you, I guarantee they will see that it's made to bleed. I don't think you heard me. Y'all can choose to keep it true blue because we're going to keep it true regardless. That's just what we're going to do. Okay. So I'm not done with the elements just yet because you can be a part of a group and still spit that, you know, make them feel it just a bit. Or you can have them taken aback by the way you pop locking that. I don't think they heard that. See, these are all about the elements of hip hop, but most people don't know that because they ain't did the knowledge for that. Excuse me, I just had to toss that. Maybe it's because I just saw Tal Lipka with Kwali, or maybe I just felt your energy after seeing KRS One and Kane lyrically. You digging me? Mm -hmm. oh, nah, nah, mm -hmm. nah. I think the world is kidding me. I'm just saying this is hip hop. That's all it be. Yo, yo, that boy nice, man. Yeah. Nice, man. That boy nice. And you sober Shit. too. Yo, you're a beast, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, next time we get together, we ain't gonna be sober. I'm telling mm -hmm. you now. That's that's when that's, <laughs> that's when you gonna experience. Yeah. Cause cause you're gonna pull it through the spirit on that one. Yes indeed. <laughs> but yeah, smooth again, man. Thank you for uh, you know joining us and everything, man. You know, this is uh you're gonna be on season three, man. Um it's drop actually season three drops this week, so definitely looking forward to that, man. And um we definitely gonna work out something and try to get you on Uncle Tuck and get y'all in there talking about music. I'm gonna see if I can get my boy Soul Print to join us because I would love to hear y'all three just sitting there vibing off music because all three of y'all have similar personalities where you just appreciate the music. You don't discount somebody out because they're new or you don't discount somebody out because they're old. It's just like, who who's embodying hip hop? Who's bringing hip hop? Who's, who's living hip hop? And I just like to hear the three of y'all two just Bounce shit off each other and everything like that, man. So Trust. Hey, man, Tuck, let me tell you, man. I appreciate you having me on this. Thank you for choosing me to share your platform. I really do appreciate it. And I will tell you, man, every time you're in the audience when I'm DJing, man, your energy, man, I feed off that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. even when you just stop by for 15, 20 minutes to have a drink, you got to know that everybody that's in the place, I'm feeding off the energy. And your energy is mm -hmm. definitely good for me, man. So... I really appreciate when you share that energy with me and you come by and you just lounge out and just talk, send me requests or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. your girl, Erica, is one of my close friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm real happy that y'all got together because I was rooting for you when you was courting, when y'all were dating. You know, I, I always try to tell her the truth and what's best for her. And I felt like you was the best thing for her, you know what I'm saying, in her life. And so I'm just real happy that we're close and that we're friends and we're cool because, yeah. you know, you're my dude, man. You're a good dude. I can see you my brother. We may not talk every day and stuff like that, but man, I'm I'm here when you need me. I know you there when you need me. It's it's nothing but love. And I got the same love for G Dash and everything. I got the love for all my brothers. So this was a blessing being able to have this platform to have you guys on here and we could share our vibes and put some positive vibes out in the world through, you know, through our platform. So that's what's up. So we're going to go ahead and sign off here, man. You know, you know where to find Smooth at. And of course, you know, Board and DE, um, all social medias is Board and DE. And the website is www.boardandde. And until next time, we see all y'all, man. Peace.
Board and D podcast is brought to you by Lindsay Epps Media, LLC.